Yes, it's the place to be for all things franchising. Hello everyone and welcome. Today's topic is your social media time bomb. Sounds a little bit threatening. Well, it is, believe me. So um, as you know, we're committed to making sure you're always informed about relevant topics and what's happening currently out there in the marketplace. Um, great to be with you. Places are buzz because I've got my, my social media celebrity here um, who's going to share some of his, uh, his, his, his sorts of wisdom and so forth. Uh, but just a reminder, have a pen and paper ready because we want to make some notes, I'm sure. And just a reminder for our members listening to this that this show will be in our members' vault fairly shortly. Um, well, today, um, I've got Steve Hubbard joining me. Steve Hubbard from Diffie Social. Do, do it for you, social. Steve's the certified practicing marketer and owner of this business. Um, and he's got a master's in marketing from Monash. Um, he's provided social media audits, setups, planning, a whole range of things across the whole marketing area for hundreds of businesses and various enterprises, uh, including a number of major brands, public companies, major banks, sporting teams, a political party, you name it, he's been there. So uh, very, very broad range of experience, which is what I value with his, um, his knowledge. So he also supplies, supplies uh, the social media and marketing management for Franchise Simply. So he's been working with us for a while, while now, and we're progressing more and more into that space. Um, Steve's mission is, uh, as he quoted to me, is to protect, build and grow businesses um, on and using social media marketing with Facebook advertising and through the other digital channels all aim to help you gain a competitive advantage and attract to retain more customers. Um, Steve actually comes from the WA, but uh, currently and for some years has lived and worked and played in Footscray in Melbourne. So uh, good, mo good, good morning, good day to you, I should say. Hi there, Steve. Good morning, Brian. Gee, that's a mouthful, isn't it? We might have to um, cut that down a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no way. Well, um, please, um, uh, I think what we might do is slip straight into some questions. Um, I've got a number of them here for you, so I think we're probably going to be a bit tight for time. There's always a, a number that expand when you think about these things. So perhaps just to uh, get the ball rolling for people, um, what, what social media are we talking about for business these days, and particularly for you know, small, medium-sized sort of local businesses and franchise groups? Yeah, look, I think that's a great place to start, Brian, because uh, social media does um, tend to coin a lot of different things for a lot of different people. So when I'm talking about um, social media and uh, particularly social media for small uh, local businesses, um, I, I tend to think of it as the six main um, channels. So those six main channels, uh, to my mind, are LinkedIn, which is your LinkedIn person and your profile there with your company. Uh, together with Facebook, which is clearly the king. Facebook owns Instagram. And uh, then we've got Google, Google My Business. Google owns YouTube. And the one that sits in between that everybody has a little bit of a play with on a Monday night with Q&A is Twitter. So those six socials are typically what I refer to as the key social media assets for any business. So um, even if um, businesses aren't going to be overly active on on one or two of those, I always suggest that um, businesses set themselves up in the first place just from a brand perspective in terms of owning their name um, and placing their brand and, and positioning them within themselves within their industry, within their geographic um, on those social media channels. So 
yeah, as I said, you know, you'll see the, the wheels with all the different social media icons and, and different things being talked about, socials changing and that sort of thing. But I think if people can, can sort of uh, put it down and think of those six main social media, um, then it becomes a little bit easier uh, um, for people to understand. I'm with you. So it's getting the brand out there. So where does social media fit as part of um, a business marketing these days? In a very changing marketplace. Yeah, well, well, I guess the first thing um, is that in, in our world, um, whether it's franchise or, or business, um, what marketers refer to marketing and what business often refer to marketing can be different. <laughs> so as marketers, we clearly think of um, marketing as being the P's, right? Price, product, place, those sorts of things. Typically, businesses call marketing what we call promotion and marketing communications. So um, the first important thing to, um, to remember is that um, well, social media is a, is a form of uh, marketing communications. So in other words, ultimately, you could have the best social media marketing communications, but if they're not integrated with your other communications, and if you don't have other elements of your business strategy in order, you know, in other words, if you're not competitive around pricing, if you're not distributing through the right areas, um, realistically, no amount of social media will make a Duff business any better. In fact, it'll probably make it fail faster. No, there's no silver bullet, but uh, it's obviously somewhere you've got to be out there. When you see the percentages these days of advertising dominated by the likes of Google and Facebook, it's absolutely mind-blowing. So, which leads me to the situation, that what are the common mistakes that business owners tend to make, Steve? Yeah, so look, the most, um, the most prevalent is in actual fact there's two spectrums if you, if you think of a little timeline if a, if a big if you draw a line from from the left to the right um we know through um the uh, the annual yellow social media marketing uh, report that less than 50 percent of small businesses are actually have any form of social media or have ever done any form of social media and of those, typically that means, so of the 50%, they may well have whacked up a Facebook page. Um, so the number one mistake is businesses simply have no social media marketing presence. Um, of those ones that um, do, let's say, have a Facebook page, less than 15% have ever advertised. So nowadays, you may have heard as, as far as the organic algorithm is, um, with uh, Facebook is that you may well have a thousand people following your page, um, but given the way the algorithm works, when you post, you may be lucky to get 10% of those people following you getting to see your posts. In the States now, I believe it's reduced down to 1% at times. Um, so in other words, the other competitive advantage is to be able to advertise. So the first common mistake, spending no time and no money on social media. The other spectrum, which is interesting, um, is there is businesses out there and, and maybe franchise brands at times that spend a disproportionate amount of time and money. And so I see businesses that have, um, as I said, that are either overposting because what typically happens when you post with certain um, channels, in particular Facebook, is that 
if you post, let's say five times a day, your first post may get 10% of the people that follow your page seeing it. The next pay, post might get 8%, the next post might get 2%, the following post might get 1% and then you get no percent. Hence, when you look on something like um, the, your news feed for something like news.com where they're posting every five minutes, you'll see that they're not getting very much engagement because effectively they're over posting. The other thing that people will do is that they'll spend a whole lot of money on advertising that's not hyper-targeted and not well-written. And so, in other words, they'll expect the video um, to be the only call to action, for instance, rather than um, the post. So, yeah, two most common mistakes uh, are too much time and money spent or no time and money spent. Right. <laughs> okay. So, um, we, we, we just touched on a couple of things just now with regards to the definition, I suppose, of, of marketing and communications and so on. So, Moving on, on there makes me ask the question um, with regards to social media, how do you measure the success of it then, Steve? That's, that's one that I'm yeah, well, well, measuring the success first, uh, well, I, I didn't quite probably capture that marketing communications versus advertising. What I typically say to the people that I work with is that we know that with uh, marketing communications uh, and advertising, there's really only two things that we want to achieve. We want to, A, acquire new customers and B, keep the customers that we have. So in other words, Monday to Friday posting are great for educating um, our existing people that already know of us. And, the, and, and for those posts that we aren't promoting um, across the different channels, we're, we're hopefully providing content that is meaningful for our target audience that will help educate and remind them to come back to you the next time. Advertising um, is about getting to those people that have no idea who you are and, um, and basically trying to attract them into your business. And so um, that's the main distinction between the, the marketing communications daily posts, for instance, versus the ongoing um, paid campaign ads that you may do on Facebook and Instagram to actually attract attention of people that don't already know of you. Then to your next point, how do you measure it? Well, typically, and, and one of the fantastic things nowadays is that um, we have, um, or Facebook effectively has uh, given us the capacity through a, a, an advertising pixel to put on people's websites so that we can actually measure what is occurring as far as, um, you know, traffic through that website. They call it flares. And so we can actually see how many people that are going through. But in, in the main, what we do with our business clients is just make sure that we're monitoring and doing monthly reporting, which looks uh, along the lines of how many people are seeing your messages in their feeds, right? So in actual fact, how many impressions are you getting um, on Facebook? How many are you getting on LinkedIn? How many are you getting on Twitter, Instagram? And then how many people are actually engaging with them? And ultimately, if we're promoting and we're trying to get them back to the website, uh, and in particular the website, we may well be wanting to get them to the front door or to the phone, but with the website, that little bit of pixel will tell us that they're actually getting across there. So ultimately, we want to see people firstly seeing our messages, and, and we need to be able to measure that that's actually occurring. Um, we want to be able to see that they're engaging. So we're obviously providing content that is engaging um, or, or attracts engagement. And we want to see that they're actually um, 
following a call to action that we may well be um, suggesting that they can go to the website to find out more about what it is our particular service offers or our particular product costs. Um, so in actual fact, we want to measure all those um, few things. Now, having said that, um, I'm not talking about social selling here. The first, at the end of the day, the most important thing is about getting the attention, providing the information, and then letting them know in, in, this, in the model that we use where they can find out more information. In the main, the sale will probably happen um, perhaps in a one-to-one -one meeting, perhaps in the showroom, perhaps off the website. Um, so at the end of the day, the social media is the vehicle um, to continue the conversation and hopefully um, fulfill a, a, you know, a business uh, growth opportunity. So basically a lead generator. Yeah, I really am fond of that term, but yeah, I, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, we play a role in that. And, um, and look, uh, me being fond of doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, what, what I would like to think it's, it's building on relationships and educating yeah. people as to why your service um, is perhaps better than your opposition. <laughs> at the end yeah. of the day, we're all competing in some market. Absolutely, yeah. And th which, which, just going off, Track a little bit there, the challenge that we had in the past when we were tinkering um, with, with the social media area was actually content. How do you address that with people? Um, you know, getting interesting content is something you're a past master at and you certainly post it very diligently, but how, how, do, how do people, what should they anticipate? Yeah, look, and yours, uh, as in franchise simply, is a great case study in many ways, Brian, because um, the model that we use and the way that we are able to keep pricing at a particular level is that we um, actively ask people place all their content uh, onto their website. That's your repository. So at the end of the day, whether it's videos and then, you know, potentially they may well be linked to, to your YouTube channel and that sort of thing. Um, but realistically, all your content, as far as um, blogs and um, service information, details, deliverables, um, you know, specs, whatever it may well be, photos are fantastic. You know, at the end of the day, um, what becomes really important for us is you can have all the written word um, on the website, but we don't like PDF websites, and particularly for socials. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we really encourage our people um, to make sure that their content, which you would have heard the term content marketing, really that relates to two things. It's the visuals, so what it looks like, and what we say, the written word. And so on social media, um, real people, real places, real images resonate far, far better. You know, as, as soon as we put um, graphic images over things, as soon as we try and promote things that look fantastic on print, um, they really do um, devalue um, the message on social media. So it's really important that we have, um, you know, really good imagery. And that could be moving imagery. Let's face it, so much is moving towards video nowadays. Facebook um, joined that revolution pretty early on, you know, so, you know, the, the video that's less than 30 seconds with, uh, you know, making sure that you've got subtitles across it because a lot of people won't <laughs> turn it uh, on otherwise. And so they'll just see the lips moving. So at the end of the day, really important that you house that, um, that content on your website in order that it can be shared to your social media channels. And so then you can do it more than once, you know, realistically, social media, unfortunately, otherwise, if you're just um, creating new content for new content's sake and putting it on onto your social media, 
well, it may well have a life of 24 to 36 hours. Um, just a, you know, a bit of insight, you know, whenever we're doing the reporting, um, it's all about newsfeed. So it's all about getting into people's newsfeed. It's not about setting up channels that rival your website. Um, very few um, businesses would have visits to their social media pages. They could have the best Facebook um, site um, going around, yet it's unlikely that too many people are visiting their Facebook page. They're seeing the messaging in their, um, in their news feeds, not by going to the Facebook page. Yeah so, it's a whole, yeah, so it's a whole different strategy is the message I've, I've, I've got to realise, particularly working with you recently. So um, uh, from that point of view, of course, as we realise that everything you do to facilitate the social media activity, as you say, all this content and so on, is absolutely what Google loves for your SEO optimization. So it's something you should be doing anyway, but I guess this is a reminder that, hey, you, you need that all there because you need it for your social as well. Um, okay, excellent. Thank you. Yeah, for that. well, that's right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, in, in social media marketing, then focusing on franchising, um, where 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 do you see the the approach and point of view, the role of the franchise or um, or the and the franchisee? Yeah, well, and look, I'm sure you would know. As in anything, there is some really good examples, and there's some fairly poor examples. I think those that are good examples, so those franchisors that are good examples, are ones that have typically given their franchisee microsites on their website. So in other words, effectively, you've got details of the local um, whatever service or product uh, shop that may well be. Um, so in actual fact that those local details um, can be then shared across the socials. So um, let's for argument's sake, franchise um, from the Gold Coast, um, essentially you want to make sure that there is capacity to do local area social media marketing. The, the issue for um, franchisors that think only as brand, in the past, um, I guess with traditional um, advertising and marketing, those that spend the most money typically win. On social media, that's not no longer the case. With social media, it's those that hyper target and laser target to a local area will win. So in other words, if you're not promoting your local outlet or your local franchisee through their local geographic, then you're really handing the competitive advantage to potentially the independent. Um, so, so yeah, certainly what we um, suggest um, is that uh, at the end of the day, the franchisor may well have the overall, you know, overarching um, capacity to monitor, to promote through, and to assist. Because generally speaking, the local franchisee is probably going to be focusing on whatever is the business that they're doing. But at the same time, the most compelling, or, or the, the the argument is that unless it is um, targeted, um, you're really going to lose a lot of competitive advantage and a lot of opportunity. So, you know, for one of a better example, to use a, to, if you're Harvey Norman and you're going to basically put um, all your ads on the TV screen, um, you know, you're going to saturate that market. Typically on social media, you know, if you, it would be a lot more powerful if you've not, if you've not got a Harvey Norman store in, you know, Gold Coast, for instance, then why promote there? 
<laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're promoting that local outlet um, through their local um, Facebook page, their Instagram page. Um, you want to make sure that the, the local uh, franchisee is connected to the company on LinkedIn. Um, and you and you really and similarly with your Twitter channel, you can set that up as a local so that it can be connected to other local um, industry and, and um, geographic um, strategic partners. And so I guess the, the best answer is there's a role for both franchisor and franchisees, but it's very important to think of it as a powerful local area marketing communication. Um, and if you do that, particularly with franchisors, um, it will win from the bottom up. So in other words, it, traditionally, rather than the sort of the 1300 or 1800 number where the, the franchisor gets the information and then shares it out to the franchisee, in this case, the local person will probably go through the franchisee first and then get the business which typically then benefits the franchisor as well. So it's really a local area marketing um, strategy and um, not dissimilar, let's say, doing flyers, except instead of doing flyers to mail drop, you're doing um, messages to local um, a geographic um, news feed. Yeah, absolutely, got it. So, I mean, to my mind, this is an ideal area where the franchisor in the past has often had problems keeping integrity of brand and also the right message when the franchisees left the right the local news, you know, items for the newspaper or do their own promotion. They lose a little bit of brand integrity. In this case, it's an ideal topic to be funded from the marketing fund, collected, and then basically, as you say, uh, they take responsibility for it and then, then, then pinpoint it locally to each of the territories they've got franchisees. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And after all said and done, you know, it's a bit intimidating for most people in business, particularly if you're not, you know, if you're not younger and really grown up with social media, it's a big distraction and it's something you probably avoid doing. So therefore, you won't do it well. So better off to let the experts onto it. Um, no, that's right. And I think really, um, particularly for franchisor, it, it is a, a very worthwhile investment, um, whether it's internally or outsourced. At the end of the day, for them to see it as a, as a real... And, I, and I've... I've been to sessions now with franchises where it's, it's increasingly being recognised. And, and to your point, yes, um, we need to ensure that the brand integrity is maintained. Um, but in itself, um, that's not necessarily, you know, if, if that's done from the HQ um, and, and guidance given from HQ and perhaps even the content provided through HQ, then ultimately um, to add and contribute from the local level as well um, may not be that difficult, but it, it just requires that sort of head office direction to make sure that, um, you know, realistically uh, everybody's on the same page. And make sure it gets done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Particularly when you're busy, you know, something, it's something one of my mentors told me, my goodness, I was in my teens and they said, you know, when you're so busy, you don't advertise because you, you're so distracted. But then what happens? Suddenly there's a void and you've got a long lead time to create, get ads printed and get them in the newspapers. It was in those days. And you end up with a void. You lose all the profit you've made in the meantime. And social media is typical of that. You've got to maintain that presence to get that, mm. keep, keep that communication up. But uh, you and I were discussing a while ago when you came to our weekend workshop, um, which you participated in, that uh, the number of touches or contact points traditionally used to be you know, seven in the days of 
Mal Emery and these sorts of people that say seven contact points before you get a sale. And these days, people are talking about a dozen and even more. So uh, I, I guess that's where I see social media adding one of the, a few of those contact points just to just to move people down the funnel. Um, yeah, that's right. Look, I'm not sure. It's always interesting where that information comes from, isn't it? So yeah, I heard 21. 21 touch points. So obviously that's, that's one thing. It's a little bit like the goldfish and, and hearing that our, um, uh, you know, our attention or capacity is very similar. I think we, we compete with goldfish now in terms of our, uh, our memory retention. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but I'm not too sure who comes up with this, but it does sound, uh, you know, it's probably fair to say the way that we do skim through things, um, it's probably uh, not farther from the truth. That's right. Yeah. So, um, Thanks. We've covered a bit there about sort of strategy point of view. Websites, as you said, they're, they're, they're the first key. Your website's got to be right on message, got to have all the content, and then your social basically um, feeds off that and feeds to it from the point of view of uh, people referring through from your social media posts back to your website where they're going to get more information and get into that, that, that sort of sales funnel. Um, so when, when we look at that, you mentioned earlier about the frequency of posting what, what's your view on on that as far as across the spectrum of the different social media channels steve yeah so we uh we actively post for our customers um a minimum of, of every second day and for most of our small businesses we're posting on a daily basis with one of those posts not being about them so in actual fact midweek we'll go in and actually be social will interact with other uh, strategic partners in the whether they be supply or customers or or, or whatever that might be that um, works towards our strategy of um, you know being a good social business um, we basically share as I said on a daily basis the um, you know and then I think I may have mentioned earlier the reason for that is unfortunately it I've seen many a business that are posting way, way too much and, and sometimes doing magnificently beautiful graphic posts or even, you know, where people will line it up and, and spend disproportionate amount of time on Instagram to make sure you've got nine images that if you put them all together, it makes a jigsaw type image. Oh. And I just think that's beautiful and it's fantastic. But ultimately, um, the value of doing so may well not um, assist in terms of uh, attracting more or retaining more customers. Um, so in, in other words, the best um, sort of approach that we believe is a daily posting strategy or, or a minimum every second day combined with advertising. And so when you advertise, clearly um, Facebook doesn't care, right, how big you are. You mentioned in the intro, I learned fairly early on um, working with um, or Melbourne Tigers, who are now Melbourne United. Um, Facebook doesn't really care whether you've got 200 followers, 20,000 followers, or 200,000 followers. At the end of the day, if you give them a dollar, they use it the same. So, and that's a great opportunity for every small business, right? So basically it says, well, really, Facebook doesn't need us to be big for us to get a benefit. Um, so often the most common question I'm asked is, how much should I spend on advertising? And um, my answer is generally the same. It depends, right? With, with our small businesses and particularly with professional services, we suggest a minimum of $5 a day just to promote some form of unique why us and unique what do we do 
that makes us um, the, the sort of business that you may well want to um, deal with, whether that's provide a, a service or purchase our products, right? So effectively use a campaign that um, promotes your unique um, offer. However, um, the other thing that we find is that we're often um, dealing with um, perhaps false expectations. People, if you're going to spend $5 a day, you have to have an understanding and an expectation. And that comes back to that measurement question you were talking about. What realistically is $35 a week going to do? If you're selling something, and I've got a couple of real live examples, I guess at the moment, I can't probably, I'll just put them in the context of um, one sells a $15,000 once in a lifetime type product, think car, but not. And then another one sells a, a, a beauty type product of around 1500. Now one of those, um, so the, the one that sells the beauty product at 1500 has been spending a minimum of 50 to 60 to 70 dollars a day to promote. Having said that, they're turning over $800,000 in sales and moving towards a million. They're getting that much um, sales through their Shopify website. It's incredible. The other one um, was spending $5 a day. We'd reworked their, um, their website and just only just sort of set up all their um, socials. Um, for the first two months, we were doing $5 a day to sell, a, um, as I said, a larger product at $15,000 or more. And that didn't equate to the first sale. Now, um, that client was quite disappointed that that was the case, that you know, they'd spent you know, a few hundred dollars and they hadn't made their first sale. Now, what we'll often sort of say is, well, and particularly based on the insights and results we were getting, you know, they were getting plenty of people through the website. They're getting plenty of, um, you know, reach and, and really good engagement. The sale just wasn't happening. So what often can happen is that social media can point out another issue. And so my, my, my suggestion to um, that business owner was, you know, what could we be doing on the website to improve um, you know, do we need, for instance, they didn't have a phone number there. So if you're going to spend $15,000 on something, you're probably going to want to talk to somebody around the fact that, well, tell me a little bit more about this product, right? It's not necessarily an easy product to just immediately buy off the, uh, you know, off a website. You know, it's not, you want some trust around that if it's a once in a lifetime. So I guess, uh, and then the other thing is because of the type of the product and because that person had been in their industry for a long time, I suggested to, that they speak to others in the industry just to sort of ask, you know, is there something that we're missing here around call to action and, um, and an approach to actually make um, the offer more attractive. And I think that's the thing you can get unless, and, and that's probably the, the most um, poignant difference between the $1,500 selling a lot compared to the $15,000 not selling much is that they had a compelling offer. People looked at it and go, I want that. And so realistically, social media can move them to there, but it won't make them necessarily make the final decision. The final decision of do they want that is often gonna be, um, you know, is gonna come down to how good is the website offer? How good are you, at, you know, in the relationship that you have in closing something? Um, you know, realistically, the sale, is a different mechanism, if that makes sense. Um, so I've talked quite a bit about that, but I hope that makes sense. And realistically, the expectation of how much you spend, um, you know, and I'm reminded of the weekend that we did have away in one of the businesses, which again was a very, you know, a housing and development. 
again, you can't expect to be um, advertising at $5 a day, which they don't, you know, they advertise it far higher than that, right? Um, and so, and then be moving something that's of value of 100,000, a million plus, right? So at the end of the day, it's got to be probably in um, <laughs> consistent with ultimately what the services you're providing. Um, but the most important thing to perhaps remember is that um, posting by itself isn't as effective as advertising and posting. And similarly, if you're only advertising and you're not providing ongoing regular posts, then you lose a lot of trust and relationship. People will then look at the business and go, well, hang on, they've got the social sites, but all they're doing is trying to sell me. So ultimately we want trust, we want relationship. And, um, and yes, you need to advertise. I believe if you wanted to maximize the opportunity, um, but yeah, it's, it's important that you kind of have your other, uh, you know, it is in, in, as part of your overall business strategy and that you recognize where it fits and often it can be a long tail. Yeah, I get that. So that's actually where we came in at the beginning, wasn't it? When you made a couple of comments and I said, you know, it's not a silver bullet. Um, the reality is it, it, it's, it, it complements. And I'm just thinking it's like sport. You know, if you're an active sports person, if you don't do the training and get the strategy right, no matter how good you are basically at the game, you're not going to succeed. But we see that with lots and lots of clubs where they get all the star players, but if they're not really fit, um, they haven't got those supplements. So Facebook is your fitness coach. Uh, that's, uh, that's a new, anyway, a new, a new, a new look at it. But, uh, um, that works for you. I think that's it works good. for me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so having said that, um, th thanks for that. I'd say Steve. it's I don't... supplements. I think if you're going it's to put, I'm, going to, I'm going to run with you. That's right. I'm going to yeah. go with you on this. What I'm thinking is that's right. Yeah. It's, it's your thick shakes and your supplements. <laughs> that's, that's going right. to put some extra muscles on things. It's that bit of vitamin C. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Steve. We're getting towards wrapping up. I know you've got something exciting to offer everybody, but was there any closing comments you wanted to make? Anything you think we haven't touched on at this point in time in our, no, I think it was, that was great to be able to share, Brian. I think particularly from that franchisor and franchisee, and, and as you mentioned, going through it myself, um, I have that sort of sense that you really need to look at it from a, if I'm running this franchisee business, um, how do I ensure that my local um, franchisee wins first? And so if, if, if um, the franchisors out there um, really think of it from the, the perspective of here's a really great opportunity to provide support to our local franchisees um, that yes we can own and steer but ultimately they will see I think great benefits from so um, yeah local area social media marketing is a really powerful um, new opportunity realistically compared to some of the traditional means that we've had. Excellent Steve thanks very much indeed I've really enjoyed listening to you you've got so much knowledge and wealth of it to share that you've accumulated in this in this area so um i know you've got um uh, an offer to those listeners that are interested in learning a bit more about their own situation with faith with uh, social media would you like to just share that with everyone for a moment yeah sure brian well, we're very keen to um provide uh diagnostic audits of um business brands um particularly franchise business brands Typically, we do that at the local level. So, I mean, really more than happy if you've got franchisees listening uh, to this message as well because really we, we want our business customers to kind of beat up on their local opposition. So, um, that offer uh, sits on our website. Uh, so, Diffie Social, um, if you look at the Diffie audit, you'll, you'll find it there. Um, clearly, I believe that we need to be our own um, 
best customers. So uh, be, it would be great if people uh, can check out uh, the diffysocial.com.au website. Um, please connect with us on the, the um, on the various social channels that I've mentioned. And uh, of course, I'd love to connect with uh, people on LinkedIn. And as I said, be very pleased to provide an audit uh, and consult for their businesses. Fantastic. It's been great. I really enjoyed um, your, your company today. Thanks for taking the time to join us, Steve. Um, Thank you. I'm really indebted to you for giving time. Time's, time's a valuable commodity. And I'm sure everyone will join me in saying it's been a privilege having the opportunity to get to hear some of your words of wisdom and across an area which I think most of us are fairly limited in our knowledge. So if you'd like to learn more about, um, about Diffie Social, um, I'll uh, include in the uh, in the email the um, the address, but uh, it's diffysocial.com.au against D-I-F-Y social.com.au. So I'll leave you the contact there. If you've got any other questions, by all means, contact me. I'll put you in direct, direct touch with Steve. So as always, um, interested to hear your, your, your feedback. Um, in closing, I'd like to just say thanks very much, everyone. Look forward to chatting to you again. Thanks again to Steve Hubbard. Um, we'll see you in our next Franchise Radio Show.